0: Well, you know, it, there's always a chance that <clears throat> throughout the course of life you're going to encounter a bully. That there's always a chance that you'll encounter the bully. But when you encounter the bully, how you reply to the bully makes all the difference in the world. If you cower down and you hide from the bully, if you run from the bully, it, it almost seems like that cowering energy, that suppressing of yourself it is what gives the bully more power, more energy. Now, that might be in a, a business sense and a hostile takeover. It might be in a sales negotiation, the, the face-to-face. It might be a bully in your workplace. Even though you're the leader, they seem to exert more authority or power or influence in the workplace. And how you deal with that bully, how you deal with someone who's trying to trample on your rights and your authority, will mean everything to the strength of your leadership going forward and could mean the survival of, or demise of your organization. That's what I want to talk about today on Leading Leaders. Subscribe now for our extensive video library of leadership lessons promoting faith, family, and freedom. I'm Jay Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast. And I can tell you from times in my life, having been on both sides, there was a season, I would say probably about six months, that I was a bully. And I learned my lesson really well with a close friend, and we're not as close of friends now. Yeah, you know, after high school football, we <clears throat> kind of drifted apart and went our different ways. But I'll never, rem- never forget the lesson in bullying that I got when Clint and I had our our little scuffle. Now, I didn't see myself as a bully at that time. I just felt like I had some physical ability to exert my will on other people, and I did it. <clears throat> I didn't realize it being a bully was what I was doing. At the time, it was kind of the norm anyway, and a lot of people did it. A lot of people bullied me as well, and so like many people, I felt like if I'm being bullied, well, then I should have the right to bully somebody too, so I'm going to find anybody I can that I am capable of picking on, that I can get to... kowtow, if you will, to my wishes, to my wills, people who will be afraid of me who jump when I flinch. If I can find that group of people, then I can at least exert myself and not feel as bad as I do because I'm being bullied by others. Oh yeah, it's it's a vicious cycle. If you've ever been bullied, know this, there is actually someone your bully is afraid of. I promise you. I guarantee you there is someone your bully is afraid of. In fact, they're probably a bully because they've been bullied. Maybe it's a parent at home, a stepfather, a stepmother, a, a biological mother, father or mother, an older sibling, a cousin, a nearby neighbor. But there's a really high probability that if you're being bullied by somebody, that somebody's been bullied by somebody else. That's just kind of the way it works. And in the old military phrase, it seems to roll downhill So if you're the smallest, if you're the nerdiest, if you're the most abnormal, the most unusual person in your group, chances are you're going to be the victim of the bully. And it's probably going to be your dog or your cat at home that gets victimized by your bulliness because, well, there's nobody else to pick on. There's nobody smaller, stranger, weirder, odder than you. And so you're kind of the last one in the mess. See, I've been in that spot, too. I've been the one that everybody wants to pick on because I'm a little bit different, a little bit weird, a little bit odd. I've been the one that did the picking because I finally found somebody who was a little bit stranger, odder, weirder, smaller than me. This is middle school, okay? It's been a long time. But see, that process doesn't stop just because you become adults. It should. In fact, it, it should be trained out of young people by the time they're old enough to have friendships. But it doesn't seem to work that way, because our societies across the world tend to thrive on this structure of power. Now, it's been blamed on everything from the patriarchal hierarchy to masculinity, toxic masculinity. Bullying has been pinned on a whole lot of people, and it's not necessarily so. I'm afraid to tell you it's, uh, it's human nature. It's human nature to want to demand power and authority. It's who we are. And because it's who we are, it's what we tend to do. And whether it's right or it's wrong, it's good or it's bad, nobody cares. All they care about is what do I need to do to get more power? Whether that's my personal power, it's my space, get out of my space, give me room, leave me alone, or it's I want to take over. I want to be in control. I want to make all the decisions. I want to have all the money. I want to have all the authority. It's mine. I'm going to go get it, and I don't care what I have to do to take it. Now, here's where the real rub comes in. There are a lot of people who are so hungry for power, so desperate for authority, that they will literally lie to get it. They will make up stuff about you that has no bearing whatsoever in truth, as long as it gets them the power they want, as long as it gives them the influence they want, as long as others go, oh my gosh, I can't believe that's true. Well, probably because it's not, but they don't care. Don't let the facts get in the way of your emotions. Don't let the truth get in the way of your power. See, that's how it tends to work for a bully. But a bully may be looking for power in Congress, in a country, maybe looking for power in all kinds of ways. And maybe, like I said, it's a a hostile takeover, it's a business merger, it's a sales transaction, it's a, a new hire. Maybe it's just that person who's been wanting your job for a long time, and they will stop at nothing. They will lie to anyone, manipulate any opportunity, and usually look for a crisis as an opportunity to manipulate the circumstances. Now, when you find yourself in that place, I remember back in the day when I was being bullied, I had an uncle who was a pretty physical guy, had been in a lot of trouble for his physicality and his fights, but he said the easiest way to get rid of a bully is punch him in the nose. Because usually the bully is not a physical person, they just have physique on their side. They look like they're bigger and stronger, and so they use that intimidation, but most of them are not fighters, which turned out to be my case in me being a bully and somebody else physically putting me in my place. But he said, if you just punch the bully in the nose, if you just resist them one time, tell them, no, you can't have my lunch money. No, I'm not going to do what you told me to do. No, I'm not going to go where you want me to go. No, I'm not going to surrender to that or submit to that. That that pushback alone is enough to stop the bully. And sometimes that's true. I remember, though, I went to get some tools out of the shed. And this bully started messing with me. I opened the door to the shed, and this bully flew right at my face, intimidating me with his buzzing and his sting, like he was gonna just rip my head off. Now, granted, this bully was about this big a little black and yellow hornet called a yellow jacket in Texas. And if you've ever been stung by a yellow jacket in Texas, they can pack quite a wallop. Well, he came at me and about broke my neck trying to get away from him, tripping over the water hose and the lawnmower and everything else, trying to back up because he was upset that I was in his space. I opened the door where he apparently was in the process of making a nest, and we were not on common ground. There was no rationalizing between us. And so I left the building, and I came back a few minutes later, and sure enough, he had not cleared out his nest and left, acknowledging that this is my territory. So I went after him with a a fly swatter. I figured if I just smash his little self, we'll be all done with this. But when I smashed his little self, I realized he brought friends to this fight. And it wasn't a one-on-one fight anymore. It was more... So punching him in the nose wasn't enough. Smashing him was not enough. After a few minutes of me and more than half a dozen yellow jackets, I decided to amp up my response. And I went inside and I got what's called... Hornet spray. I don't know if you've ever seen this stuff or not, but it shoots a stream about the size of a large straw, and it'll shoot at about 35 feet, which means you got a pretty good response time, and this stuff pretty much drowns the hornets. Now, they say that it's environmentally friendly, but I guess not if you're a hornet. And so from about 25 feet away, if you can get the right angle on it, you can saturate that nest in about 10 seconds and everything inside it dies. Now the strange irony is it's a lot like mouse bait it actually draws them back to the nest if they've left the nest to chase you for some reason they go back to the nest then they get poisoned and then they die. See I could have I could have stayed out there swatting hornets one at a time until they all went away. The problem is they perpetuate themselves. They they have seeds, they make new hornets and Over a period of time, there will be more hornets than the one that I smashed. And and it will not just be me against one yellow jacket because they never fight like that. No, they come as a swarm. They are coming after you. And they also have a tendency, it seems like, to have a memory. Because if you tear that nest down and they come back to build it again, it's like they remember you and they will aggressively chase you Even if you haven't come after their nest, it's like they know who you are. Maybe they smell fear or DNA. I don't know. I do know this, though. Once I put that hornet's spray on them, once I sprayed that nest down, not only was the battle over for the day, but that nest still hangs there, and no wasps, no hornets are in it. In fact, none have built anywhere around it since then. It's almost like that dead hornet's nest left a signal for all the other hornets. This is not a place to be building a nest. Look what happened to the last guys who tried that. Leaders need to be willing to say, I understand the cost of giving up to the bully. I understand the cost of surrendering to the bully. Again, whether it's the sales negotiation, the mergers and acquisitions, somebody's trying to take over your company, the the young person on your street who's acting like a fool doing things like throwing garbage in your yard on a regular basis. Yes, we can all be bullied by people of various sizes and and statures. But the response that the leader has to a bully in an organization will often determine the length of the life of the organization. I don't suspect anytime soon, and I could be wrong, it may be that eventually the wasp spray will will wear off and the hornets will come back and build another nest somewhere else in that shed. But I haven't seen one yet. And when I do, I will saturate that one as well. And I will make it very clear to the hornets in the neighborhood, this is not a place to build your nest. I will respond, and it will not be good for you. When leaders are willing to stand their ground and say, if you're a bully in my organization, there will be a price to pay for that. If you're going to lie and cheat and manipulate and steal in my organization, there will be a price to pay for that. If you're going to leak confidential information, there will be a price to be paid for that. If you're going to steal data and hand it off to our opponents or our enemies, There will be a price to be paid for that. If you're going to give away our equipment, our tools, what we use to provide for our organization or to make war with, there will be a price to be paid for that. When there is a price to be paid for that, the bully will often back down. And if they don't, increase the price. If they're not willing to back down when they're confronted, put a little pressure on But as a leader, what you cannot do is cede the ground, C-E-D-E. You cannot give up the ground. If you're responsible, if you're the leader, if you're in charge, then stand your ground, be responsible, be the leader, and take charge. Whatever the resistance is that you're facing, amp it up a little bit. In law enforcement, one of the response natures that they have is a the, the escalating scale of equal but opposite force. Uh, we know from Newton's theory of relativity that equal but opposite force is what causes a rocket to fly, etc., etc. You've got inertia and, and all those other things in there. But in the escalating force scale, you might see that the law enforcement officer stays one step ahead, If everything stays on an even keel and you're having a normal conversation, then everything stays a normal conversation. But when the perpetrator ratchets that up to abusive language, then the police officer will usually begin to get physical. And if there's resistance or fighting against restraint or subduing, then that physicality gets even more. And that escalating scale will go all the way up to and including lethal force. But it will never back down. So the more someone escalates against law enforcement the more law enforcement will subdue that escalation and they will attempt to subdue that escalation by going one step higher on that scale all the way up to lethal force and when you understand that and you realize that just mouthing off to a cop is the beginning of that scale is the beginning of that escalation you might be encouraged not to do that you might think of that wasp and think Okay, there's, there's nothing good to come of that, and there is a price to pay for that, and, and I don't want to go there. But not everybody thinks that way. As a leader, you've also got to be willing to say, there's, there's a line that I'm going to draw. There's a limit. And when you cross that line, there's going to be an escalation. And that escalation won't stop until I've defended my ground, until I've held my ground, and until I have done my job as a leader to hold on to what I'm responsible for. As a leader, you've always got to be willing to bring ample response. You can chase the hornets with a fly swatter if you want to. There's going to be more of them, and they're coming back. If you want to see the wasps and the hornets in your life go away, come with an ample response. Get the hornet spray out. Saturate that nest. Do what you got to do. But you cannot allow them to take ground, or you'll have more hornets and wasps in your life than you know what to deal with. I'm Jay Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast for Tell It Like It Is TV. Have a blessed day. Subscribe now for our extensive video library of leadership lessons promoting faith, family, and freedom.